Philadelphia. I'm Joel Embiid. Like, I want the ball. You can use John with anything. You can be like, yo, hey, them Johns is hot. Them, your shoes, you know what I'm saying? So it can mean anything. You are back with the Fly Zone, and I am one of your hosts, Candice McLean, and I'm joined with Deshaun to Connect Carter. And like we're at episode seven, we had a little bit of break, Sean. We don't actually we don't have to apologize for that. It's our podcast. It was, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's our birthday. You went away for your birthday. I went, went away for my birthday. We had a good time. Um, had an awesome time. We're back, replenished, restored to get you back into what's going on in Philadelphia. Yes, and once ma'am. again, it's, it's the Fly Zone. Philly centric podcast talking about things in local news, sports, cultural topic, uh, from the people for the people podcast. I want to get all get into that, but I gotta say one thing because this is the first time, and I want to I want the podcast to know. And I told Sean I had to host because I had something to say, <laughs> and I want to say this is the first time Sean has talked to me since Miami destroyed Florida State fifty two to ten. My own cousin. <sighs> I want you all to know this. I called him. He didn't pick up the phone. I think he blocked me because I went right to voicemail. I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> I never blocked you. I just didn't care to hear what you had to say. That's all. I was busy at the time. I was doing things. The whole night? Okay. And the next day. Wow. (laughs) The ultimate dismantling, destruction, uh, uh, decimation of the Florida State Seminoles. I just had to say that real quick. Before we get into the rundown of Philadelphia and everything else going on, please go vote. The election is November 3rd, Tuesday, November 3rd. Absentee ballots, early voting by mail. You can vote in person. Drop it off at the, ba- at the ballot locations. I will drop the links on social media as to where you can drop off your ballots at. Please register to vote. Please vote. November 3rd is very real. We're in, the fly zone is not shining away from it. Please nope. go out there. Make your voice heard. Vote or die. There we go. And before we get into everything good and going, you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. We are also on social media platforms. Instagram, where are we at, Sean? On Instagram, we are at the.flyzone. On Twitter, we are at the Fly Zone. Tap in with us. There we go. I also, before we get into it, I just want to say shout out to myself. I beat the case again. The DMV sent me a the letter DMV of apology. All that they sent. Yeah, let's get into I that. I received a letter letter of apology and two copies of it. Thank you. I might frame one of them. I would. And so I'm feeling great. I'm I'm two and over against the DMV. Also feeling great. Get into this. The Doc Rivers signing to be the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. People, let's talk about some sports and what's going on with the Sixers. So on Wednesday, September 30th, the Sixers hired Doc Rivers to be the team's new head coach. He signed a five-year deal, which means I guess he's not going anywhere anytime soon, and we're going to have to figure it out because that's a little long haul. That's half a decade right there. Yeah, it is. It just took three days after, after he's fired from the Clippers to become the Sixers' new head coach. He returns to the Atlantic Division where he coached for the Boston Celtics and won a title in 2008. In his seventh season with the Clippers, he went 30, 356 and 208 with a 63% winning percentage in the regular season, which is the fifth best record in NBA and by any team without a conference finals appearance. That's important in the NBA with, for any team without a conference finals appearance. I mean, is that even something to brag about? Like, nah, um, whoever even drew that stat line up to <laughs> that where they found it, seriously. <laughs> the Clippers went 49-23 and last season, the fourth best record in the franchise history, but they also squandered a 3-1 to series lead then the Western Conference semifinals against the Denver Nuggets. We all saw it. Surrendering 16 points, 19 points, and 12 points in those in those situations to blow the leads in those games. Uh, the Rivers, um, he was the coach of the Clippers for five of the franchise's best six seasons. He but he went three and eight in potential playoff series clinching games. Also not a great stat. 
tied for the worst mark by a single coach with one team. Again, 3-8 and eight in potential playoff series clinching games. He has 943 career wins, which is a lot, so we're not ragging on him. Yeah, that's not this bad. He's the 11th most by the head coach, any head coach of all time. And so... <laughs> you have that, and also the the fact that the Sixers have not won a championship since 1983. They're bringing Doc Rivers with his pedigree and his obviously with him coming back here. He ran into Tobias Harris. Uh, after we traded for him in February 2019, Harris um, had his best year on the Rivers. We, people keep saying that he averaged 20.9 points in that season, 50% shooting from the field and 43% from the three-point line. So we're all we're all hoping that. Doc Rivers can do something that Brett Brown cannot do. First, before we get into his press conference the other day, Sean, what do you think about the hire itself? I'll start off by saying this. I'm I'm satisfied with the hire. I won't say that I'm not because I am. I am satisfied with the hire. I think he was the best available coach out there. Um, hence, he we wasn't the only team that went after him. There was also a, a number of other teams that went after him. And like you said, he was only jobless for, what, three days before we signed him? Correct. Um, and... I want. I also want to say that let's not ignore those that st- those stat lines and you know those things that those blemishes on his record. I say because I think he is a good coach and I think he mm-hmm. might be perfect for what we need for what this city needs. Now I'm not saying he's like a perfect coach or he's like the guy for any organization, but for what we need to get to that next level, I think he's a perfect guy for what we need. I think he. He is no nonsense in certain aspects. Not like I'm not saying he's a no nonsense guy or coach. Period. But I think he is a player's coach. But he is no nonsense, and I think he has the clout to say uh, if someone said, "Hey, why'd you uh, why'd you bench Ben? He's not shooting enough. Why did Embiid only play 20 minutes tonight? He's not in shape." I think he's that guy, and that's what we need. Uh, go to go back to what Josh Richardson said at the end of the season. It's no accountability, and I think he brings that. So in that aspect, I'm I'm satisfied with the hire. No, not even in that aspect. Overall, I'm satisfied with the hire because he was the best available, and he 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 has the knowledge. He's been there before. He's done it. So I'm satisfied with the hire. I like Doc Rivers. I was on the West Coast. I got a message, and I'm I'm on the beach and I'm looking at the horizon like, oh wow, a miracle. And I'm not saying it because oh we needed Doc Rivers. I'm saying it because every rumor around said we're going to hire Mike D'Antoni. Oh thank God. And I was like. <laughs> Oh. Like Andy Dufresne and Shawshank Redemption, Ooh. when he came out that tunnel and the, and the rain poured on his body covered in crap. Yo, that would have been a it nightmare. It was like <laughs> that, that we got the Clippers did us such a service by firing him because we were so close to making the most drastically horrible hire we have made in a long time. And Candace, they were they were going to hire him. He he had the job. Yeah, it was El, done. Elton Brand said the job is his to lose. Like the, yes. he, they were going to hire him, and we had we don't have the team to run the skin to, to run the type of system he likes to run. That would have been an entire disaster. I haven't heard of any players in the NBA looking or running or fighting to 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 play for Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni, and what it was Mike very, D'Antoni it was ever even done. I'm sorry, go ahead. But what's Mike no. D'Antoni even done in the league to say Nothing. like, yeah, Nothing. Like, he hasn't accomplished mediocre, anything. Never developed Extremely anybody. Never won mediocre. anything. Extremely. He, I would say it's an argument that you made that talent underperforms with Mike D'Antoni. Yes, yes. That he's had extremely talented teams and done nothing with them. Yeah, no. And the fact that Elton Brand, that's why I said to you before, the fact that Elton Brand was going to hand the keys to the castle to that idiot and would allow him to chip Kelly us and trade away our talent without seeing for one year at least how it's going to work with a new coach. Because that's definitely what would have happened. He needs to get out of here. He needs that's to get out of here. That's definitely what would have happened. 
So let and me ask so you this. I, let me ahead. ask you this before you move on. Before Doc Rivers got fired, would you have said that Mike D'Antoni, name-wise, because I, I honestly didn't want him here, but name-wise, I feel like Elton Brand is like going for like, instead of going for what actually works, he's going for like the big splash, like the name. Like, oh, if you hire he Mike He was doing the Jerry Jones move. He was doing yeah, Jerry Jones exactly. move. He wanted, he I, wanted brand recognition, name recognition. Yeah, like Jerry, Jerry Jones drafted C.D. Lamb. Look at that defense. He could have used Zelpit. He could use so many other people. What, what is... What Queen. is the number one offensive football getting oh you? You win one game. You should be 0-4. The Falcons have any intelligence to get an onside kick. So all these moves, are you, you, you know, this is what I mean. Jerry Jones saw the name C.D. Lamb. Jerry Jones, that's that's what Jerry Jones does. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's Brand what Elton Brand is, is, is going Brian, to do. Just a name. Give me a name because you're going to have hella press conferences. You can, you can market that name. And the fans who are delusional enough, and we are we do have some delusional Sixers fans that are out there that would have ate ate up Mike D'Antoni because it would, yes, for them anything other than Brett would anything other than Brett well we got let's see what he can do and he was ready to sell us old twenty old bath water and say it's fresh water and so from that alone the fact that we were saved from Elton Brandt's idiocy and the front office idiocy idiocy to get a coach who's established who has proven. Not only to cultivate a winning culture, but to develop talent. I mean, he had Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, didn't, when Blake Griffin was young, he had Blake Griffin, young Blake in his prime with, with CP3. Blake Griffin didn't come in here with any kind of actual, like, outside of Duncan and athleticism. No, he wasn't an all-around player. Developed him. Developed him and CP3 together. Made them a contender in that situation. You know, so I... I, I I felt like our biggest problems, what you said, was accountability. And Elton Brand did talk to me when he induced him in the press conference. He said he feels like Doc can have tough conversations, which you lean to about accountability. But also, somebody has to somebody has to somebody has to mature this talent. Somebody has to. Like, this can't be Embiid relying on his athleticism. It just can't be you know players out there coasting. Somebody has to motivate this, and like that's that's the hard part of coaching. They come to you talented. A lot of it's just mental yeah, and motivating these players to like come out there and die and go for it every night. Because if you don't, you know, you seriously. get swept in the first round. In the first round by the Boston Celtics. But seriously, seriously, I think that, yeah, it, it definitely works. And I think that a lot of players in this league want to play for Doc. So like, I'm, and I mean free agency wise, like it's going to be players that come here that would have never came here to play for Brett Brown or Mike D'Antoni. So Doc, Doc Rivers, and that's also what makes him a great hire because he's going to attract the players we need who's, who's willing to do the dirty work, who's willing to put in the work, who's not mentally weak, who's not afraid to come show up and, and show up in shape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're not getting paid mm-hmm. millions of dollars. So I'm, I'm completely excited about the hire. Yes. I like, I, the I like first Doc time in Rivers. a long time we're both excited about the Sixers right now. We yeah, were, seriously. Anybody I was asking to my podcast, friend the other we were, day, I'm like, we when done. is the season coming back? Now right. I want to see. Now I want to see what's going to happen. Thinking about getting oh, a jersey out now. And like, anybody uh, yeah. who listens to since the inception of this podcast, you've heard us talk about the Sixers. We just were like, whatever. You could, you could have, you could have, you could have heard a pin drop when we talked about that team. <laughs> when we went through those weeks of the early days of this podcast. And now it's just like, when does the season start? Because of, COVID because the season got pushed back. the The draft is three weeks from the draft is three weeks from now. Uh, the season's going to start month and two months after the season's over. A couple weeks, you know, like that's so. So they, it does start in July. This. I thought it did. I mean, I'm sorry, January. And so we're we're in the situation of like this isn't just some far fetched thing. We're 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 getting we're months away from that next season. So absolutely, you know, obviously, Doc's bringing excitement. 
and we can't wait to see what's going to happen on the floor. He did have something to say in his opening press conference. Obviously, you start and begin with the two stars, which he said himself. He said several teams called that called him, and as soon as he got fired, and he told his agent, you know, what, I'm gonna relax. I want to take some time to myself, and I want to just see what's going on, and then hold off on the names. And then he came back to his agent the next day, and he said the Sixers are the first team I want to talk to because of their talent. And when we talk about talent on this team, we're talking about Simmons and Embiid. He said. Simmons and Embiid have won 65% of the games that they've played in. It clearly works when they play together. If you watch my teams, I really say that guy is a 1-2. I don't get lost in the minutia. I don't get lost in what position a guy plays. I look at how many points we score as a team. I don't care how we score. Many My teams have always been very good offensively in the top five overall, and we score points, and we score points in a lot of different ways. Um, this was like in response to Howard Eskin, of course, directly asking, are you going to get Ben Simmons to shoot the three-pointer? And he said yeah. it. I forget how, how snarky Howard said the snarky. Like He was like, oh, Ben Simmons can't shoot. What are you going to do about it? What Doc outlined was that Ben Simmons not only just scores, but he gets other people to score as well, looking at his assist totals. So he doesn't care about individual scoring. He only cares about the fact that we can score as a team, which to me, I was actually, I actually like was refreshing to hear because obviously Brett got railroaded by this three-pointer and three-pointer obsession. Doc is from a saying, I don't care who scores or how we do it as long as we do. What are your thoughts on him taking this? I don't care if Ben Simmons shoots a three. As long as it's within our system we're scoring, I don't care how we score. I'm okay with him saying that because I trust him to actually have the offense working fluidly. If um, Brett, when Brett Brown is asking that question, and not only do I trust him to have the offense, excuse me, running fluidly, I do think something he's he's not going to say on camera is he's going to push him to shoot the ball more. He's going and that's if Ben Simmons wants to play the one. So I think like like Elton Brand said, he has he's good at having a hard conversation. So I think he has to have a conversation like, "Hey, if you want to play the one, I'm okay with that cuz you can facilitate well. But if you're going to be scared to shoot or if you're not going to shoot the ball, you have to play the point forward. Point forward. So yeah. I think I trust Doc to do that. So I'm okay with that answer. And I'm okay with it, like I said, because it's coming from him. If it came from Brett Brown, or I, did, I didn't trust Brett Brown to, number one, have that conversation with Ben Simmons or push him even, even if he doesn't shoot. So I'm, I'm okay with that answer. I actually yeah. trust Doc. I trust Doc to have it schemed up. I trust Doc to have it schemed up. Obviously, he's an intelligent basketball coach. He understands matchups. So he understands that shoot, scoring, shooting has to come some, from somewhere. Like, obviously, Blake Griffin wasn't a shooter, but he had Chris Paul and other, other people – um, in LA to do the shooting for him. He's not a, yeah, he's he, not a, he is not what we're talking about with Brett, who had no concept of basketball intelligence, no kind of play designs. He will find a way to, whether it's through Tobias or Simmons or Embiid or the pick and roll. He's, he wants to, he's, he's talked heavily in the press conference about bringing the pick and roll back heavily. Um, he will find ways to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah. And like you said, he will get him to shoot because he does develop players. And I think Ben Simmons knows very much so if he wants to be considered, he liked being an all-defensive player. He liked being an all-star. Ben Simmons is not, unlike I feel about him, be complacent in his own talent. He wants to be known as the next LeBron. I don't think he's gonna, that's going to happen, but he wants to be that guy. 100%. And he knows he cannot be that guy without getting a jump shot. And to kind of piggyback off of what you said about Blake Griffin, like you said, when Blake Griffin was in, um, also developed the jump shot. As you, like you said before, all he was known for was dunking. He also developed the three ball. So that lets you know right there, he's, work, he's, he's good at development and play, developing players. Ben Simmons hasn't developed much since we drafted him, honestly. He hasn't 
done anything great outside of what he already did great, which is facilitating, passing the ball, getting to the getting to the hole. Outside of that, he hasn't really mm-hmm. developed much. So yeah, it's actually exciting, honestly. It's exciting. So he also talked about personnel decisions in the shape of the roster, which is very important because we talk about developing talent, but you got to have talent to develop it and everything else. They asked him directly, are you going to have ability to make personnel decisions with the roster structure or is that a front office thing? Uh, he said, we'll work, we'll work together, talking about him and Elton Brand. That's one thing that I think is so exciting about the job, to have the opportunity with Elton. I think we have a chance to build something great here, not just on the court. I actually think it starts off on the court. That's exciting. I think Elton and I will have a chance to form an amazing partnership together and we'll grow from there. On the roster, he said, I think you have to be who you are. The Lakers weren't worried about going small. They were actually they actually went bigger. I think mistakes of a lot of teams have made is everybody wanted to be Golden State, but no one can shoot like Golden State. So to me, everyone made the mistake. You have to be the best version of, of you and not apologize for that. The team has great size, great athleticism, great multi-positional players. I think this is a new way. What I do like, again, from afar, is the team has the ability to morph into three or four different lineups that you can, can create problems for other teams. And that's something we have to definitely do here. Okay. Do you think, I mean, obviously that's, that's good to hear. And Brett talked a lot about people's diversity in his roster, how you can make Simmons a one or a two or a three or a four. You can put him at the five. Do you feel like when he talks about the positional versatility of this roster, it's true? And it's, is it true now because he's a smart coach or was it, is it or is, do we have to get more talent or change this roster up? I think it is true to an extent. I think that we definitely need to add some players. We have a lot of weak links on our, t- on our team. I think that Shake might not be ready to start. I think he can play in his league. Don't get me wrong. Shake can, prob- can definitely play in his league. But I don't think he's mentally or physically ready to be a starter in his league. I think Cork Maz no. should be in Turkey. I think that's where he's from. Um, I don't think Cork Maz deserves to be in this league. I don't think he can play in this league. So I think we have a lot of players who are who fit that mold. But there's certain there's certain moves to be made. So I don't think we have all the pieces yet to be like that contender team that we want to be that Eastern Conference Finals. We don't I don't think we have that team yet, but we definitely got the right pieces. I think we got one of the weakest bench. I want to say in the East, but really probably in the NBA. Once our stars come out, it's like a significant drop off. And I think that's what, one of the things that really, really, really kills us that we our bench can't match up with, a, with probably like 90 percent of the NBA's bench. So that has to change in my eyes. I trust Doc to be smart enough to put people in a position to succeed, meaning we talked a lot about Brett Brown's inability to be an X and O's guy where he actually can't strategize, make adjustments, or create any kind of designs. I do trust that, meaning even the underdeveloped talent, like Matisse, he talked about Matisse, he said Matisse is already all NBA defender, we just got to work on his offense. I trust him to develop Matisse and everything else. But I also understand that when I watch some of the players on this roster, the Kyle Quinn's, Several of the players, I mean, Shake Milton, you know, sometimes God can't help everybody, you know? Some players <laughs> cannot be all. helped. They could be role players, but they're not even effective at that. Yeah. So do I trust Quirk Maz to just come off the bench and be a hot shooter? No. 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 And you can't develop, you can't develop that, like, you know, you're sitting and watching the Miami Heat with those shooters. They got Tyler Hero, obviously, Duncan Robinson. Uh, he's not even Duncan Robinson. He can't even fill that role for us. I'd rather go out there and get Lou Williams at his Seriously. age. Seriously. And then to trust Cork Maz. Let me ask you a question before I don't mean to cut you off, but let me ask you a question. But do you think that because Nana and I'm really, really, really thinking about it, Brett wasn't getting the best out of those guys. And I know Doc probably probably can and probably will. So 
I'm thinking that, like you said, you dropped, you name dropped Kyle Quinn. Um, I named up Quirk uh, Miles. Kyle Quinn can play in his league. He's proven that. This is why he was even here. He can play in his league. Energy guy, rebounds, hit a shot if he's open. He wasn't even doing that. He wasn't even getting time on it. He couldn't get on the floor. He couldn't get on the floor over over Cork Miles. So what I'm what I'm asking is, do you do you trust Doc to maybe keep majority? I'm, I'm I know everybody won't be back, but majority of the roster. It's not even up to Doc. We don't have the money. We don't have. We're cash strapped. I think the roster, ninety five percent of the roster will be back. I'm not going to get into further into. I think ninety five percent of the roster will be exactly the same for several reasons of the contracts being so horrible. And we're cash strapped. And I think that it might that can probably work in our favor in a sense. It depends on how you look at it. And that's not a negative thing to say. Yeah, that's it, not a negative right. thing to say. Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, something something that was very true about this team. When he asked him, uh, Stephen A. Smith asked him, "Should we se- should you separate the Simmons and Embiid?" He said, "You gotta understand something." Stephen A. Smith asked okay. Kevin Durant. He said, "Y'all don't understand how hard it is to build continuity for a championship caliber team when you have a different roster every year and you're young and developing." That's a good point. And so to a point of when you don't know, when you got a shooter and J.J. Redick, and then J.J. Redick doesn't become J.J. Redick anymore, now it's Corf Miles. Your trust in that corner three is different yeah. now. When you're out there running, when you're out there running with Jimmy Butler and now you're running with Mike Scott, that yeah. changes everything. It does. And so he, Kevin Durant was like, we get our, their back too much, Simmons and Embiid. But the reality is every year they've been in this, every year they've been in the league with the Sixers, their starting roster has changed around them. Mm-hmm. Which is very Which true. is true. The starting lineup. We're not talking about the yeah. depth. Just the starting lineup. And so I think, like to your point about, could that be a good thing? Yeah, because with this, at least if it's Josh Richardson again, and I guess Al Horford, they will at least know how each other play and want the ball and where they want it. And Doc is smart enough to figure out how to make them work together when it comes to everything else. Like he said, he's going to be a coach that I don't care where you, I'm going to find where you are. We're going to score. We're going to score. We're going to figure it out. And to kind of go back to what Kevin Durant said, that camaraderie, that also, to me, everything starts at the head for me. And the head to me is for the team, not the organization, but the team is the coach. And I just feel like we took a huge, huge step forward in the right direction. And we're going to see completely a completely different Simmons. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. I think we're going to see a completely locked and dialed in Joel Embiid. And contrary to, what people, contrary to what people think about the East next year, obviously the Nets are going to be coming with Durant and Kyrie. I think this. I think if they fall in line, the Sixers can contend in this conference. I don't. Hell yes. See it because we have we don't have an incompetent coach that's going to be a moron. Bye bye, Brett. And say hey, Ben. Because Howard Eskins hacks me, can you shoot threes? You got to shoot threes. Don't take, don't take Tyler Hero. <laughs> Just pop it in the face. We don't have a coach like that no more. Right, exactly. White chocolate. It's a great hire. We both agree it's a great hire. It changes the outlook for both, these te- both the team and the players. I think they'll buy in because of his name. They both, both Simmons and Embiid, both went on social media, welcoming Doc, everything else. He said he talked to everybody on the phone. He said his first two phone calls were to Embiid and to Simmons. Um, and we'll see, but right now I'm excited for the season. It's coming up very yes, soon, yes, sooner yes, than we thank think. Thank God for that. From one team trying to find a way to get the talent to play together and maximize their talent, to a team who can't stay healthy, they have the talent, but the talent can't stay healthy. And we're talking about the Eagles right now. But the first place first Eagles. First place oh, yeah. Eagles, baby. The first place <laughs> Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are currently sitting in first place in NFC East slash the NFC Least with a 1-2-1 record. Uh, we've lost this to the Washington, Washington football team, 27-17. We lost to the Rams, 37-19, which was a nightmare. We had a tie with the Bengals, 23-23. And then we, this following Sunday, the, this Sunday night on Sunday Night Football, 
We beat the 49ers 25 to 20. Rolling through this game, game show on one quarter season is down. So we'll talk about our reactions to these games as we go on. The Washington game, we were up 17 to 7 at one point, and we both probably were like, we're going to win. This game is a curse stop. I know I was like, it was over. Or it was Uber over to me. like, oh, Second this quarter was great. Over. It was over. I'm like, I'm, on tw- I'm talking about my I Monday. Like, what am I going to do? Like, this is, this game became so dinner. irrelevant. It was over. <laughs> and then after that, Carson Wentz throws these two interceptions and they get back in the game. We ultimately lose this game. A game which we had no Lane Johnson, no Miles Sanders, and et cetera. But that game, to me, regardless of what happens this season, I don't know about you, I will never let it go. I think it was very telling. I, it, it was very telling. I'm okay with losing to a better team. They did nothing. I, it's like, again, a better team, you're like, well, they did this to win the game. They did nothing to win that game. Like, the, the four, like, like Washington did not come out here in this. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, like, we gave we just they, gave they, it to them. They, these they, turnovers. They, yeah, they took advantage of all our mistakes. Fields, they scored. As they should have. So then we go from that disgusting, unforgivable loss of a collapse that showed this team's makeup to the Rams game, where it was just like we didn't even belong in the same field. I I felt like that was the Rams playing like Savannah State. The Rams playing Gretz. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we scored three points in the first quarter, zero points in the third quarter, three points in the fourth. We got washed uh, 37-19. We got baptized 37-19. The only bright, uh, again, another two interception game for Carson Wentz. It's like two of the previous game, two of this game. The only bright spot was Miles Sanders, 20 carries and 95 yards. Deshaun Jackson, six catches for 64 yards. It was all junk, junk time as far as the passing anyway because we got blown out from the beginning. And this was the beginning of the Jim Schwartz needs to get fired era. Well, we've Yo, been in this era. Let me ask you but a question. The fans in, Did you hear that report from Adam thinking? Schefter about our defense, about the news circling around the league? Which he, is what? He said that he said that around the no. league it's like floating around that the Eagles have like the easiest defense to, to game plan for. Like to, to scheme up against, it's the easiest defense to read. And I, I'm thinking that last year, Malcolm Jenkins said he went to, to Schwartz and said that the young guys aren't picking up the defense. We got to dumb it down a little, which he did. And now it's like, like dumbed down for the whole league, apparently. So, like, we're like, our defense is like stealing candy from a baby to the rest of the league, apparently. I don't think that that's like true, but I guess because Adam said it, but I don't think it can't be true if we are number one in sacks, nine in yards allowed, and like fifth on third down. And fifth, per, fifth on yards per play. So, like, you can't be in top 10 in all those categories and one and one, top five in another, and have an easy defense people can pick apart. Because if that's the case, then people will just be picking it apart. We're saying the same thing, but but to me, it doesn't matter because you can have a simple defense, which is just like, oh, you're you're playing a, lot, a bunch of base man and you're rushing the pass, which you're down four. But when you're down four is like Fletcher Cox and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, and your number one corner is Darius Slay, like you're still not, you're not, you're not, you're attacking it, yeah. but you're not being successful at it. So I don't care if it's simple, if it's effective, meaning you were top ten in those categories. I don't care how easily you think they can throw a slant on us. You still got to because Darius Slay and do it, in which in which we've seen our so far in four games. Yeah, people have exactly. Been at it. But I think it's more so a scheme thing, anyway. Regardless of like far as like the players, I think the players probably were, was saving it. It's probably just a scheme thing, and I'm not even saying it's true. This is just what I'm hearing. What I'm hearing. I'm not saying that like that comment is true. Well, yeah, like I said, I think yeah. I think it is true. I think it is true, but I think the right. talent mas- I think the talent masquerades, it. and that's the point of having talent. Like I don't know what Frank Vogel's yeah. calling. It's LeBron James and, and AD. I don't need Jim Schwartz to call a phenomenal scheme. We has trash talent. Yeah, number one sack team in the in the in the NFL. 
we get one of the top three cornerbacks in the NFL, you don't have I don't care what you call as long as he's doing the job, I can yeah, care less about 100%. it. If it's simple. But that was the story of the what the hell is Jimmy Schwartz doing? I will say in that Rams game, we also we we lost that was I think I think Maddox got hurt in that game. That was the game he got hurt in with this this ankle injury he has now. Vinny Curry also got hurt in that game if I remember correctly. We had injuries, but also it was it didn't matter because to me the linebackers were we already was, knew. We felt that in coming to the season the linebackers were trash. That was the exposure game. I think Tyler Tyler Higby had three touchdowns in that game, I think. He had three. He, he had three. I had him on my fantasy team. Yeah. Twenty eight <laughs> points. Thanks, Higby. <laughs> and so that was the that was the what is Jim Schwartz doing? But also like I don't know if you can do anything with those bums and linebackers. Uh, and, linebackers you know, are horrible, Jim it's it, the guy the kid the kid we drafted from Temple can't be that bad. Can't be much worse than them. Sean Bradley, Davion. It's time for Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley Seriously. season. I mean, we had a Canadian a person from the Calgary Stampeders come in with Alex Singleton against the 49ers, which we'll get to. And he looked better than both of those stiffs out there Easily. to start for us. Easily. Off the practice squad, and then he's a, he's a, he's a core special teams player. Easily. And it's, cra- it's crazy. The, what, what kind of frustrates me about that a little bit is, like, I don't feel like we we did, a, I guess, address the linebacker position in the draft, but I, come on, let's, let's filter those guys in some a, a little bit. Yeah. I, and that's why I'm saying part of me – Part of the Schwartz situation to me is also look at the personnel. Like, if how we hand you TJ Edwards and, and Nick Gary, like, how what is he supposed to do? Exactly. Seriously. They suck. They, they're terrible. They're when he has 10, well, I know about this about Schwartz. He might be crazy with these sticks. He, he's, he's not a phenomenal coordinator, but he's a solid coordinator. When he has talent, his scheme is fine. Facts. Facts. Darius Slay is fine. Fletcher Cox is fine. The defensive line is fine. The cornerbacks right now are fine. And he has and he's and that's and that's with corners who are hurt yep. right now. The safety play is fine. We haven't had these long last year we we're getting trash over the top 20 yard bombs, 40 yard bombs, 50 yard bombs, 70 yard bombs. It hasn't happened at all this year. Yeah, so far it hasn't. Because we were saw McLeod, we showed the cornerback position. We got pass rush. But when you hand him trash and tell him you gotta skip, you got you got you got because you gotta get pass rush, you gotta get corners, you gotta get back in. Something has to give, and they gave on the linebackers, but that's how yeah. we lose. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. So then oh. we played the Bengals. Jesus. Carson wins his with Jesus. two more interceptions. Miles Sanders goes for 95 yards again, which I think we've been in the run too much often. Carson did rush for 65 yards. The receivers in that game were Hightower, Ward, and Deontay Burnett. Richard Rodgers had to play because we lost Dallas Goddard in the previous game against the Rams. And Matt Pryor had that false start that oh, cost us the game to go on the do field goal range. And Jake Elliott could have scored the field goal. Do you go for that on fourth down, or do you punt there? No, I, no, I punted. I would have punted. I, I mean, I asked you the same question. I would have punted because at that point, we would have lost the game for sure. The way we were defensively, we had lost everybody defensively in that game. I do not believe that we would have stopped them from getting in field goal range. T. Higgins had his career game. Yeah, I love how people explode on us. Yeah, two who, who, who are nobodies and then they explode on you. They explode on us. I had I have every faith that we would have gave up enough yardage to get him to lose that game. I would have punted in the ties. I don't play for ties. You play for wins, but the ties why we're in first place right now. So, um, I think the field goal would have been fifty-seven yards. I, I I'm like ninety-eight percent sure on. Them. I think yeah. Do you remember? I, I think remember. it was from a fifty-two really yard field goal. Do you remember how long the field goal would have been after the penalty? penalty? Yeah, 
they asked they actually uh, they asked about that they asked that's my, just my opinion I could be right I could be wrong but in my opinion I still would have kicked it because I think they were, if I remember correctly they, they might have like, been like the middle or like the, like the right hash we were always ready meaning him and obviously Jake Elliott and when they say go when you go in but we support Doug his question and how he oh his aggressive nature and how he decides to call things and he said I felt confident that they asked him, yeah, this is actually yeah. what they asked him. They asked him in pregame warm-up, who was the longest he hit? He That Jake hit in a stadium. And during pregame, he said he, was, he hit a 55 and like, I think a 50, around a 55, a 58-yard field, 55, 58. Um, but he was just like, for, for at that moment. I think I think yeah. that was more a commentary, not on Jake, but on the defense. And I, uh, he made a 48-yard for a goal to like give us a point advantage in the, in the Super Bowl. He's, he's, a crunch, he's a crunch time kicker. Yeah, uh, so after the Bengals game, we played the 49ers. Against the 49ers, Carson played, he threw for 993 yards, one touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown, which I think was important for his confidence. He also threw an interception. Unlike the previous week, I, week, I think the interception he threw on um, it's the 49ers wasn't a bad interception. It was like a tip or whatever, you know? Like, it was not where the hell is he throwing the ball. It was just one of those situations. Uh, Miles carries only had 13 carries for 46 yards, which I don't agree with. I think Miles Sanders has looked really good every game he's played this year. Hands down. Hands down. He needs to be a 20-touch type of player a game, period. I don't know what the hell Doug is on. Even to your point, I'll get your take on this one in the 49ers game. When we are up, after the, we were up, we stopped them. We stopped the two-point conversion. We get the onside kick, whatever. The fact that he had Corey Clement and Boston Scott have those multiple carries to close the game out. I never understand it. And and they they asked the bottom they asked him about it specifically after the game they said well the Monday after the game, which was this Monday and they said well was he hurt and he was yep. like no it's a package thing and Corey is a bigger back and I'm like what the hell are you talking about the talented back should be on the field the more talented one and and I'm gonna be honest I'm sick of I'm so sick I I gotta get this part out I gotta get this out I'm so sick of the, the Jalen Hurts please because it's so mm-hmm. predictable every time he comes in. He runs. It's a run every single time he comes in. It's so predictable, they're, and it does nothing because it's predictable. It's like just stop it. Have him be the backup. If Carson goes down for however long, if you don't trust him, put in uh, what's the I, I can't Nate even Sudfell. Put Sudfell in the game, but stop the Jalen Hurts plays. And I kind of I feel like I'm glad they drafted him. I'm not going to lie and say I'm not. I wasn't happy about it at first, but he's here now. I'm happy he's here. But keep him as the backup. Okay, like don't I just don't don't do it. It does not working. I'm sick of the Jalen Hurts uh, package. I, and when Doug chooses to do them is beyond me. I mean, Carson Bell is out with that to- that pass to Fulgham because Jalen had put us in a second and twenty one. Um, well, um, no, Jason Kelsey did with that, but that, but I was with just like, snap. why would you choose to after your team has momentum? Why would you choose to what in the fourth quarter pull this package out at this point? It's the time. Makes no sense. It makes no this was sense. The, this, was the, this was directly the drive after uh, um, Strap, Trayvon LeBlanc, forced the fumble. Yeah. You got all the momentum right now. Yeah. And you just say, oh, let me go out here and put out this package. Are they ain't ready for Jalen Hurts package? Shut up. The same plays. It's the same plays. The read option is so predictable. It's a joke. You expose your quarterback. Carson's out there. I've seen in the clips. Carson's out there like trying to go, go to war with the yeah, quarterback on the edge. He might get like, I'm not trying to get my quarterback that. hurt. It's, it's it's literally stupid. Um, I don't I don't actually know utility it's for stupid. it. We agree, we agree. These plays have to go away. Develop him, develop a situation. I mean, if we're if we're somehow playing the Cowboys, we blow them the hell out. Put Jalen Hurts in the yeah, fourth quarter of college football. 
but do not have him out there and quit crunch time real scenarios. You pay a man $130 million. You pay him $34 million a year to be the guy who's, who's throwing the passes. Exactly. Let him do it. Agreed. Uh, and that's that's how I feel about it. I do think we'll improve with the in, with injuries coming out. I think the linebackers, we both agree, these linebackers have to go. Both of them. Put the rookies in. I don't care. Put the singleton. I don't care. I'm ready to we, follow I one of them home and hit him in the knee. What is it going to take to get him off the field? Because this is crazy. There it is. <laughs> if that's what there it, it takes. There it is. Tanya Harden. <laughs> Nancy Kerry. that's what it takes. Because, like, similar to these, I mean, you have to be aggressive with it. I mean, Washington made a whole switch at quarterback, and it took out Dwayne Haskins. They felt like the division is so trash. You can, you can, you gotta at least try for it. Like at some point, and I don't, I don't agree with that decision. I'm just saying for the mentality yeah. of, some point you just gotta make a switch. Justin Herbert is not a starter for the for the Chargers. At some point, what do you have to lose? They can't be worse. I mean, let's be real crystal clear about it. the first draft of the 49ers. That fullback was wide open. Wide. He just missed the throw. I wish they could see my face. That game could have been completely different open. with a competent quarterback who didn't have the vision to see you wonder. That came that game could have been completely different. Yeah. Let's not think because, oh, we want to like those linebackers again were atrocious. And I don't know if you heard this. Jim Schwartz, they actually Schwartz about the linebackers. And he said, some people sometimes people get caught up in blaming Nick Gary. They get so upset to Nick Gary, they're like, he's a yeah, fault. But most of the time, Nate is just around the ball because somebody else messed up the play. Meaning it's not all Nate Gary's mess ups when he sees my wide open. He's he's claiming that reality in the scheme is somebody else is supposed to be there. Nate saw the fuck mm-hmm. the mess up and was like, Oh, let me run mm-hmm. hustle over here and because it looks like it's his fault, it's a man, it's his fault. He's saying within the scheme, Nate's primarily doing his job. He has stuff to clean up. But he's saying it's other bums who he won't name and Nate's just being exposed as a person who's oh, he's supposed to be either, he's supposed to be there. But really, nature's around the ball because he's realized, oh, somebody forgot their assignment. Uh, prim- like, we don't have to take a guess. Yeah. It's, it's T.D. Edwards. He's only a linebacker on the field. Yeah, I was about to say. Just say his name. <laughs> say his name. <laughs> like, it's no, there's nobody else out here. It's either T.J. Edwards or it's, or it's, it's, the, uh, it's the linebacker the, um, Duke yeah, Riley. Yeah. Yes, Duke Riley. So it's either the, one or two. And it's probably Duke Riley for real. It might be him. That's a dominant tight end in, 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 in the 49ers. That's a dominant tight end. But Jesus. I mean, a man that came off injury and used you for like 150 or something like that. <laughs> off an <of> injury. Come <laughs> on. I'm proud about yourself, son. Like, I, Kittle, Kittle, I mean, I hope Kittle left some money on the nightstand. I've never just, seen. Just, like, do you know that he out. caught every pass they threw to him? That made me so mad. That made every me pass, so mad. How do you not? He's the best receiver they have. Debo Samuels didn't even play that much because he's coming the back only, from injury. The only real threat. He's the best, the only receiver they have. And you let him catch everything they threw. The only threat they, they had. 12 passes. He caught 12 passes. That's horrible. Why, does, why is this team so bad? I guess because we don't have any linebackers. I'm about to say, why is this team so bad at guarding the tight end? Howie like, Roseman, he didn't prioritize it. I would have loved to have Patrick Quinn, I'll tell you that. He looks Patrick great. Quinn looked good. He looks great. The rookie starting. All right, I ain't, I ain't going to. I told myself I wasn't going to snap this week. We ain't gonna go yeah, there. We ain't, yeah. gotta, we ain't gotta go there. And so, Jim, you can Jim, the quote Martin, you and Oprah can believe that lie. <laughs> if they ain't connect, you Gary. and Oprah can believe that if y'all want to. Either either way is one of the trash linebackers. And at this point, me and Sean and the fly zone are definitely on. Get the young guys in here. They cannot be worse. Seriously, they can't be. Can't be. Thoughts on the Steelers game, real quick. We won this game Sunday or not? What do you think? Uh, I think if they can, if they can block well, I think they can. If they can block well, I think they can. I think we get pressure on Ben. And we can block well. 
I think we can. Um, I, 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 similarly, I think you know we we play we play we play the Steelers pretty tough. Um, as far as when yeah, we play them historically, we we're we're get, right now our defensive line we're 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 uh, a force we reckon with. They have a good front, but if we can block, you said. I think you gotta get Miles Sanders involved way more heavily than you have done. I don't know why you're letting this talent just sit on the shelf and get old and not get old, but like get accumulate dust on the shelf. Again, I I contend Miles Sanders needs twenty to twenty five touches a game. Period. He will destroy their lives. I think I think from a standpoint, Juju Smith-Schuster is banged up. He's in an injury report this week. Um, he's gonna play. He practiced, but he's 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 he has an injured uh, knee. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he had a concussion. Um, we don't know if he's coming back or not, but I, I think that I trust the cornerback situation. They, they said they're going to have Jalen Mills stay at corner until Max is back. I'm fine with those two corners that and Slay and Mills to just be fine with, yeah. the, with that situation. That's why I trust the pass rush. The pass rush, well, well you know, I don't think guys will let us lose to a rapist and Ben, uh, <laughs> ben Rosberger. And so, a guy don't like ugly. Axe to fly on Mike Pence's head. Exactly. Guy do not like ugly. And that the Patriots will be there. I also think that if we can get the Sean back, we'll be in a way better standing. That's my yeah. You know, Joe Hayden is also banged up, but if we get the Sean back, I don't trust Richard Rodgers and his two tight end packages. But the Sean back and able to move the packages, I don't give a I don't give two blinks about or two anything about they got they got white side. Why is he healthy. here? But sorry. the Sean back. Why is he here? Why do we not? Why is he here? And DK Metcalf. Why isn't? is he here? Even if Metcalf, even if you chose Tyler Jenkins, why is he here? You could choose, you could choose that. You can choose our new, uh, my new cousin and your nephew Cairo right now, who's only like two days old. Why is why is Whiteside here? Like, what? Honestly, when I look at his tape, his college tape, I'm not impressed. I want to know who who picked him. I'm not impressed by his college tape at all. What are the scouts seeing? I I I don't even know what. I don't know Seriously? what they could have saw to pick him. I really don't. It's a bunch of jump ball BSs against small corners. They have there's not one highlight you could see of him being even with the corner Whoa. or press or any kind of thing, using his leverage Seriously. to run past somebody. It's just a bunch of goal line jump Seriously. ball. He's not even aggressive on a goal line. Like, come on, big for big nothing. Sean you know, athlete, you Sean Bradley. Fogan came here. Yeah. Let's, let's, can I actually show him for this against Sunday? I feel like Fogum took his job. Fogum took his job. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. They're both healthy on Sunday. If I see Fogum out there, if I see J.D. Degas Westside out there over Fogum, I'm, I'm losing my mind. He, to me, even on that play alone, Fogum showed the ability to have a good release. He got jammed at the line. He hand fought the corner. He, he, he stacked him on top of the route. He did everything he had to do on that non route to do everything he had to do. I have never seen JJ do that. Do that situation. because he can't. Ever. If he, he got if he t- got jammed, it's over. Yo, yo, he don't have the tools. It's like seriously, I I had nothing nothing else to say. What the hell did they see when they watched his college tape? Because I see nothing. He does nothing well. He like nothing well. He doesn't run good routes. Nah, he doesn't have thing. good hands. I have I seen him drop a pass, a touchdown last year that wouldn't win a game against the Lions. I seen him drop that. He doesn't block well. What the hell is he doing here? Cricket. Nothing. Nothing. Cricket. Nothing besides his mom holding umbrellas uh, over his head while he's in training camp. I'll never get over that. The first practice he ever had, his mom came with an umbrella and was using an umbrella to block the sun for him. That, that told me everything joke. right there. That told me everything right there. So, I, so he's back. Hopefully, Deshaun's back on Sunday. Hopefully, we can you know. 
the pass rush will show up and Miles Sanders will lead the way. We have a really good chance, to get the, really good chance to get the Steelers. I, don't, I they have a really good defense. I think you match up well yeah. defensively. I think with, with with a pass rush that we have, you can play. You can be in any game. You can be in any Definitely. game with a pass rush. That's all I can say. Do, I, do we? Do you have a game? Do you have a score prediction or a game prediction? I do. Give it to me. I do. I think that. So can I give two? Can I give more than one? No. It's no, a I'm gonna give one. I'm gonna give one. About? I'm gonna give one. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Take a buffet. <laughs> I wish. I'm gonna go Eagles. <laughs> Twenty four. 17. Eagles 24 17. So we scored 24 points. We scored 24 yeah. points. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I got this game 17 14. Eagles or Steelers? Eagle, uh, the Eagles, like I said. <laughs> you don't sound uh, rapist. You don't sound rapist short. Pre- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, like a, um, Ravens did not prevail. So yeah, seventeen fourteen. I think it's gonna be a tight. I think it's gonna be a tightly contested game. I don't know how we score in the twenties, particularly on this defense with the showing, not the showing, because of the offensive line situation we have. It's a good defense. It's an away game. This is the first game we're gonna play with fans in the stands. By the way, that's a, it's a, that's important. Yeah. Heinz Field is allowing fans in the stadium, so they will have fans there. I think it's about seventy five hundred um, fans they're letting in the, in the yeah, uh, stadium. Yeah, yeah, 70, correct, seventy five hundred. Um, so I think that's my seventeen fourteen. Sticking to it. That's why. That's how I see it going down. We both said Eagles gonna win. I think mine's more of a prayer than a prediction. But either way, we're going for the Eagles. <laughs> mine's more of a hope. Um, I'm hope. I got hope. Obama. Eagles. Good luck to you. Everything else. Also, we didn't get luck as we go into the bulletin board, which is our last segment of the show, which we go run through all the all the news, all the events going on in the city right now, all the latest things going on. Who needs to get luck with these birds out here, Sean? I don't, and not to play eagles, actual physical birds. Yeah, like flying birds. Pigeon. And weird, spooky, so 2020 news. Uh, this fr- this past Friday, more than a thousand birds reportedly died and were injured flying in skyscrapers in Philadelphia. This is not even just like local news. I saw this on TMZ. This is like the weirdest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's so random. A thousand birds flew into the buildings. I mean, maybe they just. Maybe they knew was they, maybe they knew it was in Trump's America. Bruh, and it, just, it, it occurred what to them. The, but, what the <laughs> fuck is coming here? Something's coming. Like what the? That's uh, weird yes. as hell. That's weird. That, yeah. that remind me of some like. Thank you. Uh, what's the name of that movie? Uh, not another tomorrow or some something like that. It's called Tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow. Like what the? F- yes, the birds will always tell you when yes. a major listen pa- to pa- animals. Cataclysmic event listen is coming. To animals. We all know this from any sci-fi movie you watch. When the rats are leaving the city, when the mice are leaving the city, what you're about to get yeah. drowned? They they, they know. know birds animals they know. know. They said that last Friday it was described as a cat traffic event during a three-hour span. During one three-hour span, 400 birds were collected. By comparison, the co- person who collects birds from the city who fall into skyscrapers. Every day, they only connect thirty-two birds in a single day. He collects four hundred birds in a three-hour span. Overall, it's believed that anywhere from one thousand to fifteen hundred birds hit buildings early Friday. Listen, listen, listen. No, uh, listen to me. Get out. Get out I now. Before <laughs> I saw, I don't want to be this person. I saw those arche- those archaeologists in Egypt. <laughs> they found some kind of Egyptian coffin. They opened last week. And I was on Twitter like, why? They opened the coffin and let out some um, some person who was mummified. And then last Friday, we got this. this uh, listen, they I don't it know. What? Light. They opened it to show off the mummied body. Weird creeps. 
And I remember saying, why are we doing this? We're in, a, we have the Californians on fire. We got yeah. hurricanes everywhere. This whole year has been trash. We're in a pandemic. <laughs> Thank you. People, 200,000 Americans are dead. Yeah. Kobe's dead. And we're sitting out here opening Get more that. stuff. We've all seen the mummy. And now he's sitting here telling me 1,500 bros ran to the buildings in the skyscrapers in Philadelphia. I don't know. That's some weird shit, man. If anybody watches the show on Netflix, the show on Dark on Netflix, you already know what's coming. Because birds are dropping on the sky dark? in that movie. Yes, it's called Dark on Netflix. Birds are dropping on the sky on that series. It's a series. It's a, it's a German series. I'm not going to get into it because it's, so many puts and turns in that thing. But the birds dropping on the sky is the first wave of what you know is about to happen. Shout out to Terrell. He knows what I'm talking about. No, is the show good? No, the show is fantastic. Okay. But the birds are the first wave of, of destruction, and we already know. Why the fuck is he flying into the buildings? Can birds? I need to. Can they birds? Because it's clear. No, they think they think it's they think it's the sky because the skyscrapers. So they reflect, as you know, skyscrapers reflect the horizon. Which when you go downtown, you see the the PSSF building. You see downtown yeah. the skyscrapers, all that stuff. It's mirroring the sky. So they're running, they're flying, they're flying. It's oh, it's a cloud, and it, it's not a cloud. It's a glass. It's a reflectory. Yo, that's crazy. Yo, something's yo, something is happening, yo. Also, I would quit that job. I'm not. I'm not collecting 1,500 birds off the green. No, first of all, I'm not I'm picking up. I'm not picking up one bird. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? We in a pandemic. I don't know what. This could be the second. This could be the next flu. This could be you the next saying? virus. I ain't doing I'm not touching anything. <laughs> I, ain't touching I walk nothing. down the street. I see 1,500 birds in the ground. I'm not touching a damn thing. I, I'm but not no. at all. This is the next. This is the next virus. So be on the lookout. If y'all, if the it's, it is it is October, it is Halloween season. Listen, it's getting Some, spooky out here too. Home. It's getting spooky out here home. too. Listen, man, it's a yes, pandemic. Listen, stay in the fucking house. If you ain't going to work, you ain't going to market. Stay pray, stay pray it up. Stay pray it up. Light the candles. Burn, burn that sage. <laughs> pray whatever you pray to. It's time. Right. Like seriously. I, I'm about, to, I'm about to go to the gym, make sure I can run a couple of miles in case I gotta run run from the tsunami. I don't know. Yesterday, the city of Philadelphia sued the state of Pennsylvania so it can enact a stronger gun safety laws and curb the epidemic of violence rolling through the city. Philadelphia is asking the judge to invalidate the set of regulations under the Pennsylvania Uniform Farms Act so that it and other municipalities are free to pass their own measures aimed at curbing gun violence. Uh, quoted by Adam Gerber, the executive director of Ceasefire Pennsylvania, if state lawmakers are if state lawmakers are going to abdicate their responsibility and their duty to save lives of constituents through common sense policy, then they need to let other elected official other elected officials step up to the local level and do the duty. So Philadelphia's from saying Pennsylvania has these has their own wave of gun laws. They have their own structure of how they're doing it. They have their own uh, regulation and policy for how we handle gun laws in this state. Philadelphia is saying we have a huge wave of violence. We have a huge wave of uh, this suit comes after a dark milestone of 300, 366 murders this year, surpassing the number of victims of 20, all, all, all 2019. It surpasses that number already in this year. Um, and it's at a decade-long high. So Philadelphia is saying we're at a high number. We can't rely on the regulations from Malvern, PA, the regulations for Pittsburgh to help us now. Allow cities to make their own measures for the actual balance, the need, as we see fit. Which I kind of agree with, by the way. Kind of, I, I do that. Uh, I'm not kind of. Yeah, I completely agree yeah, with that. Hell yeah. I think that we do, we do, things are a state level and things are a city level. Like obviously, from a standpoint of 
Not everything regulated in the state is is the same for every city. No, like there, hell no. For every state, there's a major city. Hell no. This is man. I think it's a no brainer. I feel like, like you said, we had 366 murders so far for 2020, and that's our. And we still have what two months, three months left in the year, and we are and we yep, already passed which is a decade long high. Yeah, seriously, and we already passed the amount of murders we had last last year for the entire year. It's like. So it should be. I'm I'm mad that Pennsylvania didn't call Philadelphia and say, "What the hell is going on down there? We need to figure something out." Yeah, do. let exactly. me know. Exactly, seriously, because the murder rate is 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 so crazy. And if you're from the city, if you're from Philadelphia, or my Philadelphia listeners, if you if you from if you ever been into any inner city, when when you leave somebody, whether it's a friend, a, a family member, or what, an associate, even the, the the last thing they say to you is, "Yo, be safe." It's, it's not safe out here right now. It's really not. And it, it's getting to a point where it's like, it gets you a little kind of like in your feelings because you can't even tell. Usually it's kind of like, yo, like make sure you stay out the way. Like stay out the way, meaning like make sure you're not getting involved. You're not involved in nothing that's going to bring you harm, bring your family harm. And nowadays you don't even have to be in a way. You can, it's, it's, it's women and children getting killed. You know what I'm saying? It's a, a today, today, this morning, today. It is August. I mean, I'm sorry. It's October seventh, twenty twenty. This morning, today, a 19 year old girl was shot sitting in the sitting in the car. She wasn't doing anything. She wasn't doing anything wrong. She was sitting in her car with the door open. She was shot today, this morning. 19 years old. Didn't even get to start her life. She just got out of high school. It, that's that's what we living in. So it's like we got it. We we it's a it's it's a must. It's paramount that we make a change. If they don't. Come on, Pennsylvania. If y'all if y'all even have an argument or a rebuttal, like, come on, we gotta do better because the city's in bad, bad shape right now. And it yes, bad it shape. has to change. But before we, we say anything else and move on, I gotta say, I gotta shout out my my man, my 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 young boy, Ross Carter, who he died last week. He got shot last week due to gun violence. He went to Gretz. I I taught this kid, I worked with this kid personally, I knew him personally. I know his little his little brother. Jokingly, his little brother called me dad because we shared the last name. So I, I just wanted to like send my condolences to to him and his family. Yeah. And to just you know to I mean if they hear if, if anybody's listening that know them that can get in contact with them, tell them to reach out to me if I can help in any kind of way. Whatever I'm here, but I just ha- I had to at least like you know shout that family out and acknowledge him while we talking yeah. about this. I was condolences to his yeah. family by the way. Um, and I'm sorry for your loss. You knew that you knew him, and I'm sorry to that family for that loss. And Pennsylvania, at this point, where we are, the state, it's a state of emergency in the city. I think that the city needs to get it reins on what's going on. And Pennsylvania has the power to let, to let them have make their own measures for, for these gun laws and everything else. And it needs to be allowed. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a time for state regulation, and then there's a time for city regulation. And right now, we're in the crisis. Yeah. So we hopefully, will allow, we'll be, the city will be allowed to, to, to win this lawsuit or in, win this policy, and they can just move forward with that. Things that are coming up. There is a, in line with the holiday season, in line with, with um, obviously Halloween, we're in October, there will be a Monster Mash Bloody Marriage Challenge. The Norman Liberties Business District will be starting the Monster Mash Bloody Marriage Challenge debut on the Saturday, October 10th, including 12 restaurants. It will go through, and you, you will, it includes 12 restaurants, annual Philadelphia, which is open, I think, a month and a half ago, Setno Libs, Germantown Garden, Germantown Garden Grill, Urban Village, El Camino, Real. The 700 Club, Standard Tap, Heritage, Jerry's Bar, Olives, and Abbey. And all these, they will be sitting there and they will be, obviously, it's wet, it's wet weather. 
People like to go to brunch. People like to have Bloody Marys. I'm not that person. I'm not. I'm not for tomato juice. Bloody Marys, and and I I could be wrong um, for saying this. Oh well, so be it. Bloody Marys are not for black people. I just don't. I've never seen a a person of color drink or order a Bloody Mary. Shaw drinks. Jesus Christ, (laughs) Shaw. But she didn't watch Power Rangers. She didn't watch Power Rangers, so you know what she's about. Um. I feel like I feel like people that drink Bloody um, Marys, they they probably eat like like potato salad and shit like that while it's still hot. Like they don't they make it and. Yeah, raisins and the raisins, raisins and the potatoes out at that. They don't, right? You don't, you don't clean your chicken before you cook it. No, I feel like people have more Bloody Mary do shit like that. So they will be doing, um, they will be showcasing different Bloody Marys throughout the neighborhood. And it's really to showcase different outdoor dining spots you can hit up in order liberties, an outdoor brunch spot you can have. You will be able to for every weekend in the month. You can come to any of these locations and try the um. You can try the Bloody Mary that they put into the contest um, this Saturday and for every beginning of the month. If you miss if you miss the event this Saturday, you can go to any restaurant that you can try that Bloody Mary challenge. Some of them have burgers on top of them. I've, they sent me several of those. Some of them have, like, obviously the standard olives on top of them, the pickles. I, the one with the burger on top of it, I don't know what's going on there. Like, you're going to sip your drink right. and like the burger. I don't know, but uh, each day penitentiary, they are not doing terror behind the walls this, this year. We already know because mm-hmm. COVID-19. But they will be having night tours in which you can go to the cell blocks. You can get the audio tours. There are large-scale projections and artistic installations. You'll be able to walk through Al Capone's cell, hear everything going on. But you will not get scared scared out of your mind because they just don't have terror behind the walls. So if you're looking for something to do in town related to the holiday, you can do that. Also related to the holiday, they do, we, there is Franklin Square's on the Philly Mini Golf. It's trans, been transformed to the spooky fun where they're going to have like lights fog surprises and the mini golf at franklin square that's open as we speak shady brook farms is doing a you know classic pumpkin picking hay rods which is 35 minutes outside the city and you could do that you can make an actual campfire out there they're having their fall festival as well the harvest festival is at dilworth park this week and you can enjoy. I think they they've had. Did you say Dil- I think this is Dilworth like Park or Delaware Park? Because I've been to the Oktoberfest. Dilworth Park. It's next to City Hall. It's, it's the park in the City Hall. Gotcha. The water shoots up the at the floor. Um. So at Dilworth Park, it's a three day event from three day event from Friday to Saturday, Sunday, and it's going to be pumpkin, pumpkin carving demonstrations, stilt walkers, circus performance, performers, live music, and everything else. Handmade crafts, and there will be people who like to eat and drink. Bratwurst, Bavarian pretzels, sip on craft beers, fog cocktails featured Maker's Mark, uh, peanut butter whiskey, and their beer gardens out there. And they will be playing the Eagles game on Sunday. And but I think this is similar to I, I, they have an October festing every year, and I have went to it last year. I think this is exactly the same thing. I just I think they're calling the Harvest Festival this year. I'm only saying it to say I actually did have a good time. There also will be the Philly Drive-In this week for people who do not want to go outside to Shady Brook Farms or do the Harvest Festival at Delaware Park or do Franklin Square because you can't golf or Eastern State Penitentiary. You can hit up the Philly Drive-In at the Navy Yard. This Friday, they will be playing Edward Scissorhands. They play movies every week. Um, and who doesn't like a good drive-in? I love Edward Scissorhands. I told you that already. This weekend, there are also this Chestnut Hill Night of Lights will be coming up and experience all that. There will be historic images in Chestnut Hill projected through storefront windows on the historic buildings. There will be um, happy hours. There will be like discounts at shops all over. 
you can see a night of interaction in the local architecture and everything else going on there. And last but not least, Monday is Indigenous Peace People's Day because we do not acknowledge that rapist right. usurper Columbus at all. It is Indigenous People's Day on Monday. Please, if you are looking to celebrate that in the city, the Museum of American Revolution is having things all weekend long through Monday. Um, and there are several... There is a, a group called the Indigenous People's Day Philly Incorporated. Please go to their website because they will be having uh, webinars, um, conversation about Indigenous history, art, language, community, talking across through Saturday through Monday. There are several events in the city popping up. So if you want to just say middle finger to that scumbag, I'm holding my middle finger right now too. built this country. <laughs> just so the people know. <laughs> there it is. That's Indigenous people rundown. So that is the bulletin board for this week. PA, do the right thing. Please, please, The please. birds, pray for the birds. We don't pray know. Pray for us. Pray Fuck for them the birds. birds. Them birds know something I, we don't I, know. I, I, exactly. <laughs> Bloody Mary Match in Northern Liberties. You can go on Northern Liberties visit, visit improvementdistrict.com to look that things up. To the Philly Drive-In is on Edward Citizen Hands. Edward C- Eastern State Penitentiary is doing Terror Behind the Walls. Franklin Square is doing the Spooky Mini Golf. Shady Brook Farms, you can go out there. Pumpkin Pageant, Hay Rides, Corn Maze. If you're into that thing, I'm too afraid to do a Corn Maze. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> Harvest Weekend is at Dilworth Park. Says Chestnut Hill Night of Lights and Indigenous People's Day is on Monday. We do not say middle finger to that piece of trash. Yes, we do. Um, so, uh, Sean, you know, we talked about sports today. We mentioned some places to go out. For, like, these people want to know, do you have any place you want to sit to watch the games that you feel like yep. um, when you go out, sure you can watch the game, you have a good time? Uh, my couch. Give it to no, me. I'm joking. Um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, honestly, I, I, I bef- I'd rather watch the Eagles game or any game really from uh, the comfort of my home uh, over going out. But when I do, when I am in the mood to go out, I watch the games at Golf and Social. It's a nice vibe. Um, I love the energy there. They have about six or seven big TVs with different games on them every week. Um, depending on the weather, they even open up the uh, the roof deck so you can watch the games on the roof, catch a nice little vibe. It's a beautiful view. It was right across the street from the uh, Sugar House Casino on Delaware Avenue. Um, so that's where I go. But, you know, I have, um, as far as this year so far, I have gone to uh, Mor- Morgan's Pier, started showing oh, the did. game. And I've watched that, like, outside. Yeah, they started showing it. Um, and you can catch so the you know they have a full big screen and under the cover and everything else. So I mean, while we're, we're saying we like, we, like, we like the fall, we don't like the winter. If you want to do out, out, outdoors, obviously golf and social, Morgan Pier. Um, there are a few places in the city that shows the game, but ultimately I'll be watching the Steelers and the Eagles this Sunday at in the room on my couch in case I need to like break you know turn the channel or just like yeah. weep. <laughs> and that is completely <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> that is completely fine. All right, so this has been this has been episode seven of the the fly zone, and I want to say w- w- promising for the news for the Sixers, promising, hopefully injury wise for the Eagles. Better be the city get, get your head together once again. Vote November third. It matters. Do what you gotta do. Uh, once again, I am one of your hosts. I'm Cancer McLean. I'm joined I'm with Sean the Connect Carter. And this has been the fly zone. People, stay safe. Mask up. Vote or die. Vote. Peace. Thank you.